0: Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go.
1: seeking the Lord, saying, God, I, I really want to be able to speak what you desire for us to hear in the hour, because you realize we can put fluffy messages together, but once again, I want to make sure that, especially in this hour, that we're hearing what we need to hear, because this is a monumental year going forward. This is setting things into motion concerning the body of Christ, and God needs you, and He's going to use you in this hour to begin to set things in motion, because Jesus is coming soon. I know I say that oftentimes when people are so callous to that whole idea. We've heard forever but i'm telling you jesus is coming soon and i want to be ready and i want to make sure that we have the opportunity to love and reach as many people as we can and along the way you realize that god wants us to live a good and a full life he said that's the whole reason that i came and so uh, let's leave this place not limping but let's leave this place with a shout with a smile on our face and just reaching towards heaven on the way amen and so man i believe that this is an amazing hour and so uh We say that we can get anywhere from here. So obviously that implies that we are being intentional with the direction that we're heading. Now you can get anywhere from here. It's also uh, signifying that we're identifying the position and the place that we're in right now. How many of you know that God cares about where you're at right now? But God doesn't want you to stay where you're at. He's wanting you to move forward and to accomplish and to become and to receive everything that he has for you. And as much as the news media will try to paint such a doom and gloom picture of how you must live in fear, God does not want you to live in fear because he is your champion. I said he is your champion. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, just a few years ago... Um, we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where my wife is from, and that's where some of her family uh, lives. And so she's got a uh, uh, a niece that lives there in the Tulsa area. And so when we go into town, oftentimes we'll stay with her niece. And uh, her niece has uh, two dogs. One of it is a pit bull mix, and another one is a pit bull mix with something else. And nice dogs for the most part. Uh, and so we just checked in, and so we said, "Hey, if we're going to come and stay with you, do you mind if we bring our dog?" We got just a little small dog, a little toto dog. And so we said, you know, we'll just keep it in its crate, and take it out when we need to, but do you mind if we bring it? And she said, like, oh, no. So we took our dog. And so we also took our kids as well. We didn't leave them home. We, we took the kids and the dog. And so we got there. We, I took the dog, our dog, upstairs. And I took it in the room in which we were staying, and I let the dog out just to kind of stretch his legs. And so he's just kind of smelling around. Well, I didn't shut the door to our room all the way. I just kind of closed it. Well, that pit bull came in through the door, and as soon as he came in the door, took off after my dog. And man, jumped on that dog and grabbed it by the neck. And so I did the only thing that I could do is I wham and I kicked the dog and tried to get him off. So my dog, he let go of my dog. The dog took off and went behind me. Well, that pit bull turned right around and came back and grabbed onto my dog again. Well, so I'm trying to get the dog away. And, And mind you, I'm thinking pit bull, mine's a little dog. I love my dog, but my dog can be disposable if needed, you know. And so I'm like trying to get the dog off my dog, but not get hurt in the middle of it. And so now my dog is yelping, but my middle daughter, the one that just baked the cake, she comes into the room and sees the pit bull on my little dog and does this souffle, superplex, fly through the air kind of thing. I mean, she dives and lands right on the back of the pit bull. Now, this dog is potentially going to eat my daughter. So now the stakes change. The value system of what I have to lose or get damaged is different. Are you you tracking where I'm going with this? The dog was disposable if needed, but now my daughter's in the mix of it. She's riding the back of the pit bull like a Bronco, and now i got to do something. So now I jump on the dog, (laughs) grab it by the by the head in the behind the ears and I grab that dog and I slam its face into the ground and i have just pinned that dog to the ground got my knee in its back and then finally my nephew comes and he sees me he's like what are you doing to my dog you know <laughs> so I got this dog and that, you know the dog just Arr! and so finally he grabs the dog I got the dog and I finally he's like you got him he's like I got him And I'm like "Woo!" you know tag you're it you know kind of thing so my point is this In that moment, once again, if if that means that I'm a coward, then call me a coward. When it came to my dog, I was a little nervous to get my hands down there where the pit bull's mouth was. But when it came to my daughter, I didn't care. And the hour that we're living in, the finest hour for the church when all hell seems to be breaking loose, do you think that God is going to relax His hold on you right now? No! No! And so that means that from this place, wherever this place is right now, you can get anywhere from here. And where I want to be is where God is. But it's not just a destination of where He is. He's along the journey with us. And all the while, we're... Uh, experiencing wonderful things, the hand of God, the move of God, miracle signs and wonders, and just seeing people's lives transformed along the way. Why? Because He's taken us on this journey. It will be intentional to move with Him. Amen. Amen. Now, I shared this with you last week, just to kind of review for just a moment. But if you recall... We're going somewhere, but my question for you is, do you know where you're going? Hopefully, within the last few weeks, you've asked that question, where am I going? Am I just sitting still? Am I going somewhere? Am I going somewhere to happen, or am I just spinning my wheels? What am I doing? Where am I going? And if you recall, we shared this with you last week in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way to death or destruction. Notice once again it says, there is a way that seems right unto a man. In other words, your emotions, your feelings, your intellect, there is something that feels right, seems right, but this course that we're taking leads to death or to destruction. Now there's some other translations that I looked up, and so let me just share with you once again as to what they said. It says there is a justified path. How many of us are sitting where we're at because we've justified for way too long? Come on, I'll be the first one to raise my hand. A justified path, a way, a direction, a course of life, a habit that seems right, pleasing, and correct. So why in the world would we as individuals, followers of Christ, find ourselves heading a direction that seems right, but it's wrong? Because obviously there has been a pattern that we have gotten ourselves into, a way of thinking, a way of living, a way of acting that we have somewhat justified, and it seems right, because again, maybe it just hasn't been too, too difficult along the way but God says take inventory where are you right now and are you headed in the right direction because there might be a place that seems right but it's not the desired end that you want to have and I'm not necessarily talking about going to hell I'm just talking about the life that God made for you a life that is to be fulfilled a life that he desires for you to be used mightily by God can somebody say amen so we said it's a result of a pattern that we've lived. And how many of you know that those patterns that you live can be passed on from one generation to the next? Well, that's what mom did. That's what dad did. It did you know, they went to church, so therefore, you know, it must be what Christians do and how Christians live, right? And they seem to be okay. But how many of you know that just because mom and dad went to church don't necessarily mean that they set the greatest example for you? Right? All right, so again, there's a course or a pattern of, of behavior, of actions. So therefore, if you look at it from the standpoint of just living this life of faith, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, "...faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." he told us, he says, to walk by faith, live by faith, and if you're going to do this, you're going to have to receive faith by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, or in other words, you've got to have a specific kind of pattern in order for you to walk and live this life of faith, and you've got to be intentional that you've got to hear the right things, and not just hear it one time, but to hear it continually or in other words there's a habit or a pattern of hearing that you have can somebody say i'm going to hear the right things amen all right so your belief system what you actually believe is built by the pattern of what you've heard the most Let me say that again. Your belief system is built by the patterns of what you've heard the most. So therefore, is it possible that our direction can be off course because we have heard some incorrect things? Is it possible right now that even though it seems like we're heading the right direction, that actually we're off course because we have allowed ourselves to hear wrong things too long and therefore it has diverted our course? If you watch the news, if you're going to be a person of faith and not live into fear or, back, uh, or, or cower down to fear, if you continually listen to the news, that is virus, 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 virus. And then you hear our president say, do the right thing, get vaccinated. Now, once again, whether you're a vaxxer or not, I don't care. I'm just saying there's an agenda to tell you, you've got to be in fear. And so what are you listening or giving yourself to to hear on a continual basis? And whatever it is that you give direction to or give your attention to will be the direction or the course in which you are facing. Now let me just share a couple things with you. Now, if you've been around here for any length of time, you've heard some of these things, but for the sake of just kind of creating or making us aware of, again, the culture in which we're living in, I just want to share some stats with you, if you will. Uh, obviously, Facebook and, and social media outlets are you know, just a thing of this culture. And so, obviously, you've got people that you connect with. And as a pastor, we have pastor connect groups and ministerial associations on Facebook and all these different kind of things. And so, as I was uh, just thumbing through my, my, my Facebook feed the other day, I saw this one particular pastor, and he says, hey, just want to get some feedback from y'all. And he said, it's. Just wanted, you, wanted to ask you to think if uh, fall was a good time to start church back again. And I thought, wow. And he says, yeah, we've been, we've been down since the very first part of the shutdown. So I'm thinking, well, you've, been, you've shut your church down for over a year. And he says, how many of you, you know are, are relaunching uh, your churches back in, or in the fall when it comes around? And that just startled me now once again here's why it startles me is because 60 percent of churches you happen to be a part of a church that is attending and you might pass a few that are meeting on sunday mornings but 60 percent of the churches of this nation are not meeting in person because of a set pattern of hearing and therefore they're not coming and assembling together the Barner Research Group has said that 25% of the people that attended the church pre-COVID are no longer going to attend. So in other words, over the last year, the church universal has shrunk by 25%. So in other words, they're not choosing to go to another church, they're just not going to church at all. Because obviously there's just a path that seems right. And this just seems right. We don't need church. Come on, somebody. In regards to churches that are meeting, only 50% of the people are attending church on a regular basis. We have some friends that we're in fellowship with down in Alabama. He pastors one of the largest, if not the largest, church in America today. Tens of thousands of people, multiple campuses all over the nation. And this Easter attendance was only 50% of what it was in 2019. Something has happened in this hour in which we live. This is a staggering number to me, but I've heard it time and time again, and so it must be true. But actually, it's increased. 1,700 pastors quit the ministry every month. Either they retire or they go into another field of occupation. Come on, something is majorly out of balance in the culture in which we're living. But it's simply a matter because people have had a pattern of what they've heard. And if you'll give place to what you hear long enough, it will begin to create an imagination in your life and in your thinking. Hello? And your imagination is never about the past, but it's always about future possibilities, right? It's an accumulation of thoughts and patterns of imagination that is create a picture of what could possibly be, right? I mean, I've I've driven down the road uh, just several months ago, and I've seen people going to the mailbox having masks on their face and, and latex gloves just to get the mail. Again, not picking on anybody. I'm just simply saying, why? Because there's an imagination of future events. And dear God, you know, it used to be anthrax that we were afraid of in the mail. But man, now we've got to worry about this whole Rona thing. Come on. Right? (laughs) And it's because of imaginations that have grown into a place that has held us captive. But there's good news. There's good news for you that are here because you're here and you've been faithful to attend and so that means that as a result of you consistently being here venturing out against the status quo going against the grain swimming upstream when everybody else is going downstream that tells me that there is an imagination of a future that you see that looks different than what everybody else is seeing amen The future that you see is one that looks like maybe God is who he says he is. The future that you see is a future that says, you know what? If God be for us, who can be against us? The future that you see is one that says, I don't care if Nebuchadnezzar comes and tells us to worship him. Listen, we will not bow down. You're the kind of people that sees the future and has an imagination of a God that you'll worship, even though they say, don't worship, and you get thrown into the lion's den, you'll say, I know that my God will deliver me. When the giant's raging, and when he's screaming and says, today you'll serve me, you'll say, hey, no, buddy, today's the day I cut your head off. Amen. And maybe I'm in the company of some people that says, you know what? It's easy to be in the boat where it's comfortable. It's easy to be in the boat where it's safe. But I think today's just a good day that I'm going to step out and start walking on some water. Praise God. Woo, come on, somebody. I think I'm in the house with some people that have an imagination of a future that says God is still on the throne. That Jesus' blood still works and has not lost its power. And that the name of Jesus makes every knee bow. Amen. That's the hour that we're living in. Praise God. Henry Kissinger said this, an amazing quote. He says, the absence of alternatives clears the mind marvelously. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There is no alternative. Come on, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what we face, he said you will experience and face Turmoils and perilous times, he says. But count it all joy. <laughs> Come on, man, it's the time to get happy. Have you heard the news? <gasps> what? Isn't it funny how we get? What is it? Tell me. And what if we did that to somebody? Have you heard? Have you heard the latest? What? Jesus is Lord. That <laughs> what? I said, Jesus is Lord. Come on, somebody needs to be able to tell them. Somebody needs to be able to say it. Jesus is Lord. There will always be those that move in fear. And how many of you know that fear is like an undertow in the water? You can't see it, but you can sure feel it. And it will pull you and suck you further than you ever wanted to go. And how many of you know that there is really no effort to fall or succumb to the, 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 the tide of the undertow of fear? There, ha, there doesn't need to be any leadership even to, to, to say that there's somebody out front leading. No, there is a collective, a, 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 a gathering of people and there's a, a, a vacuum, if you will. When there is fear, it will just naturally draw and suck people and they'll, 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 they'll congregate like sheep for the slaughter. Right, But there's a people of faith that God is looking to lead in this hour. I say God's looking for some people that are looking for a people that will lead. A people that will say, well, yes, it's a fortified city. I understand that. But we will possess the land. There's a people that will step out and say, God, if you're going to use somebody, use me. And Paul, one of the greatest Christians... One of the greatest examples that we have living before us wrote nearly two-thirds of the New Testament Bible. He was a man that was radical for Jesus in spite of all the oppositions. You think you have it bad. You think you get a hangnail and have a rough day. Listen to some things of what Paul said. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, beginning in verse 24, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translations. It says, "...five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten by rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent the whole night and a day drifting on the sea." Verse 26 says, I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from river and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, from the Jews, as well as from the uh, the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in the city, in the desert, and on the sea. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. It says, I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. I have have, uh, uh, survived in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, he says, I've had the daily burden of my concerns for all the church. But in the midst of all this, he still had the audacity to say that with God, I can do all things. Amen. you think that you've had a bad week, a bad day? Listen, he's had a bad stretch of turbulent times. But nevertheless, he says, man, I'm going to run my race with joy because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, this is the hour that God is looking for a people that know where they're going, know where they've been, but at the same time says, I can get anywhere from here and where I'm going is where God is, but He's going to be with me along the way. Listen, I don't want to have just the attitude and the the mentality that as this journey goes, it's just going to be me. No, I want my following and I want my, uh, uh, my audience to begin to grow on my journey. I don't want it just to be my wife and my kids. I want to look to my other side and I want to see you. I want to look beyond you and see all the people that are following you because we are on this journey together because we can get anywhere from here. Amen? So how are we going to walk this life of faith? How are we going to do this with Christ? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? What's your heart's desire? What do you want to see in your life? Well, I want to see the goodness of God, but I want to see the glory of God fall. And I want to see the lost one. But it's going to take people. Listen, I said this, I think, in church prayer on Wednesday night. And if you're not attending church prayer, now, this isn't to condemn you or make you feel bad. But listen, we've been having some marvelous times in church prayer. It has been getting better and better and better. And so, man, it's just something that you're just missing and so I know that you would enjoy it. But nevertheless, we were, we were uh, talking about this on Wednesday night because we've been praying that the body of Christ would become hungry for the things of God, hungry for, for God's face, not as, just His hand. But one of the things that I shared with the people, because we always talk about winning the lost, but how many of you understand that if you're not in love with Jesus yourself, if it's just a passive relationship, You'll never be concerned about your neighbor or about your family. For the person that's going to hell, you'll never ever have a heart for them if your own heart for God is dull and lukewarm. But I'm telling you what, the more that you fall in love with Jesus, you'll see people differently. All of a sudden, your heart will start to ache because you'll see them not just as the person you work with, but as the person that's separated from God. Amen? So God is wanting us to take this journey and live this life of faith with him. And so how are we going to do that? There is a roadmap of faith. And this is just real general and real practical. But it's important that we revisit this from time to time because there are the ABCs of faith. And so in the next just short couple minutes, I'm just going to lay these out before you. And so if you have just a pen and paper, write these down because it will help you. So how is it that we uh, walk this road of faith? What, how, how do we get our faith to work? Because once again, you say, we walk by faith, we live by faith. Yeah, well, I have faith in God. No, I'm not just talking about having a faith in God. I'm talking about you having a faith that works for you and you work your faith. Because God wants us to exercise our faith to receive from Him, but also to step out beyond ourselves. How many of you would say that you're believing God for something? I'll say this to you. If you're not believing God for something, then you're not using your faith. In fact, let me say it this way, just rub you a little bit because everybody likes it when you talk about money. If you're not believing God for money, then God's not in your money. You say, well, why is that? You say, I've got all my needs met. Philippians chapter four, verse 19 says, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He says he will supply the need. Well, if you have met all your needs, then that means that you have not stepped out beyond yourself to believe God bigger than yourself. Because if you'll put a demand, God, I need more money. You say, well, what in the world do I need more money for? I I have all I need. I ain't talking about you, goofball. I'm talking about believing God so that you have enough extra to be about kingdom business, not just your business. Come on, somebody. Well, that's my money. Well, listen... If you'll begin to trust God, maybe you'll start looking at it as though, man, God's blessed me in this, I, and the more I give, the more God gets it to me. Man, I've, just, I've determined this year, come on, <laughs> getting off on a tangent here. Listen, I've, I've determined this year, I, I, I'm going to live better than I ever lived before. And, and I've found that I've just lived in a position where I've just allowed circumstances to dictate. I'm like, no more, God. I'm not putting you in a box no more. It's time to step out and step up because, God, you have greater for us. Man, God has been faithful. And I'm thinking, why in the world did I not step out like this before? Why have I not stepped out and challenged God like this before? Because now that I have, God says, now I can do something. You created a need. Now I can meet the need. You doing all right? All right, so how... Do we walk this road of faith? How is it that we exercise our faith? Well, if you recall in Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So what that means is, is that you have to accept what you hear as truth. So in other words, it's not just, well, you know, I know some preach that, and some preach against that. Well, I don't know that I believe that wholeheartedly. Well, I believe that it's subject to change. Well, I believe that God did that then, but He don't do it now. Well, I believe that the Bible was written by men, so we just don't really know what we can believe or what we can't believe. No, when you read the Word of God, and upon hearing the Word of God, you have to settle it and accept it as truth, even if it goes contrary to your understanding hello i mean the man got swallowed by a great fish and was in the belly of the fish for three days and then got threw up on the shore that seems hard to believe well i just believe that god is true and the bible says this that the word of god is the incorruptible seed which means it cannot go without producing an answer or a harvest And you might say, well, I don't see the harvest or the fruit of the incorruptible seed. Well, it's not the incorruptible seed's fault. It's something to do with your believing and your accepting as truth. Come on, somebody, because God's word don't change. He says, I can't lie. So if the word's not working, it's something to do with whether or not you've accepted it as truth yet. So we're talking about the ABCs of faith. How do I exercise my faith? How do I use my faith and put it to work? The letter A, accept the word as truth. Letter B, the ABCs of faith, I must believe the word. Now once again, there's the accepting as truth, as the validity of God's word, but the believing takes it a step further to say I accept it and I believe it as my own. Joshua chapter one verse eight says it this way: He says, "Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may carefully do everything that uh, to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful." The last part of that verse says that if you'll do, you'll be prosperous and successful. And there's a lot of non-prosperous, unsuccessful Christians today, and they're saying, see, God wants some to, and God wants some not to. But no, this says that concerning the Word of God, you must be a meditator of the Word. Day and night, or in other words, it's a pattern of living to where this is something that is a part of my life. Now, once again, you might say, well, I've read it a few times. I've been to church a few times. I've heard that message a few times before. I think I believe it. Well, I do believe it. But you realize you can believe as far as you know. And there's more to know. And it's always interesting that people say, well, I believe until the rubber meets the road. The doctor says you've got cancer and it's stage four and you're going to die. Hmm. Do I believe it now? The bank calls and says, you're about to be foreclosed, and the employer says, we've got to lay you off. Do I believe it now? You see, there's all kinds of things that you're going to hear that are contrary. But whether or not you actually believe it is whether or not you hear it. Because remember, whatever you hear the most is what you are going to begin to have an imagination of, of a future event. Well, the, the doctor said, I've got cancer. But man, I've been meditating on the Word of God. I've been regurgitating that. I've been, I've been focusing on the Word of God. And I know the doctor said, but man, I know that I've got a higher truth. That might be the facts, but I've got a higher truth, and it's the Word of God, and it will supersede the facts. Praise God, because I believe that which he said will come to pass in my life. Amen. You see, we've got a responsibility to purpose to continually hear the Word of God. And once again, I said that I'm going to keep these quick for the sake of time. We could take a whole message on this, but once again, this is the roadmap that will get you to living a life of faith. The last one is the letter C, which stands for your confession. Your confession. The word to meditate doesn't mean just to think and to ponder, but it also means to mutter or to say, to repetitively say. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What am I doing? I'm meditating. I'm muttering. I'm saying. I'm bringing it back to my attention. And then once again, there's something to be said for that which I do say because Jesus said, This is the expression of faith. If you will, if you have your Bibles, Mark 11, 23, and 24, if you don't have it, it'll be up on the screen, I believe. But starting in verse 23, Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he says, Jesus is speaking. Now, how how many of you have those Bibles that your letters are written in red? Uh, Does anybody use a Bible anymore? I'm sorry. (laughs) Just assume that people do. You got a Bible that has red letters? If it's got red letters, what does that mean? Anybody? Jesus is speaking. He's the head of the church. So if the head of the church is talking, it's written in red, then we should say, attention! Jesus is talking. And notice what he says here. He says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, how many of you are facing the mountain right now? How many of you got some challenges going on right now? Physical, mental, health, financial, marital, family. How many of us got a mountain? He says, I'll say, uh, uh, therefore, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, let me read that again, but read it a little slower. For assuredly, we could just camp on that, for assuredly. (laughs) Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, cancer, sickness, poverty, lack, who says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Well, why would I not be doubting? Because I've been meditating. I believe. I've accepted his truth. But believes those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Or the actual Greek means believed you received past tense. Not receiving, but that you already have. That you received. And you will have them. If you'll take the time to look at this scripture. You'll find that Jesus says to believe once. But he says to speak three times. Why? Because you got a lot of conversation. You are hearing a lot of things. That is trying to come against what you believe. He says so. You'll have to do three times more speaking than you will believing because your speaking is connected to your believer and your believer is connected to your receiver. Amen? This is the hour and we can get anywhere from here. The woman with the issue of blood, again, I'll close with this. You can stand, please. The woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says that she had an incurable sickness that was contagious by law she was told not to be around people but the bible says she spent all that she had she had been trying to get well doctor after doctor no better but actually was getting worse and the bible says that she started hearing about jesus so friends had to be telling her hey this jesus has done some incredible things I've heard about him healing the sick and healing the lame and blind eyes opening and deaf ears hearing. Yeah, well, I've heard that before. And then somebody comes and says, hey, listen, there was a person that went to Jesus had the same thing that you have. And Jesus didn't turn that person away, but actually loved on that person and they were healed 100%. And the Bible says... That now she heard. For she had been hearing, but now she heard. And then she said, If I can get to where Jesus is, Oh, and if I could just touch His garments, I, I will be made well. And she began to believe that she could get there from here. And her faith took her on a journey, and all the while she was saying, when I touch Jesus, I'm going to be just like that one. Oh, because today's my day. Oh, I'm going to receive. Oh, it's been 12 long years. Oh, today's my day. And she presses through the crowd. Oh, they were such opposition. There was such turmoil. There was so much telling her not to do what she was doing, but she says, today's my day. And she snuck up behind Jesus and touched Touched him. Jesus didn't even know that she was there. He says, who touched me? For I've sensed healing power left my body. She fell down and says, it was me, Lord. And he says, woman, today your faith has made you whole. This is the hour that God is looking for people just like you that will come in the midst of opposition and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He's looking for people like you today that will take this message of the love of God and the power of the cross and say, today is your day. God led me to you. My place called here was to have a face-to-face with you and I brought Jesus with me. Oh, come on, man. This is the finest hour. Don't back down. Don't cower down. Don't think that it's better somewhere else. You're in the right place at the right time because God has called you for such a time as this. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that we can get anywhere from here. And God, my prayer is that our hearts are asking the question first, where am I? And then where am I going? God, I thank you. That I, I trust that the Holy Spirit has quickened our hearts to lean in and to pursue you with a passion. In Jesus' name. I thank you for such a hunger in this hour. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.
0: Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.